The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning. You found Financial Food for Thought. Got Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell. Kara, happy Super Bowl Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, yeah. So the theme of today's show is going to be Love Hurts. Okay. And what am I talking about? Did you see the inflation handle? And what's it going to cost you to take care of your Valentine in the year 2022. Joining us live this morning is Kristen Myers, the editor-in-chief of The Balance, a site that helps you take control of your personal finance. Kristen, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So great to see you again. Okay, so let's start... With the not so romantic news, inflation is everywhere. Even, even seven and a half percent inflation. Day, what are some of the rising costs? I know, Marisol. Unfortunately, they say love hurts, and this year <laughs> it's going to hurt. You know, not just your heart, but also your wallet. Uh, as you were mentioning, inflation is on the rise, and literally almost everything that you can think about right now is going to be oh, great. more expensive. So your chocolates. Nine percent more expensive. They say Ouch. diamonds are a girl's best friend. Well, they're your wallet's enemy this year. They are fifteen percent more expensive. Roses, Marisol, fifty-four uh-huh. percent more expensive than last year. And that steak, if you thought you were going to have a little bit of surf and turf for dinner, perhaps cook up a romantic meal, that's sixty-three percent more wow. expensive than that lobster. About 30% more expensive. Maybe so stick honestly, with the lobster. Just be prepared to open up those <laughs> 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 Or chicken, burger. I got some hamburger help on the show. Right. I may have to have a vegetarian romantic dinner with the cost of that filet mignon. Okay, so on the, cr- on the flip side, you say the increase in cost doesn't seem to be spoiling the holiday for folks with one more yeah. estimating. Is it really folks bothering you? Folks are expected anyone? to spend nearly $24 billion on Valentine's Day. That's so insane. The prices are going up. Yeah, we are still dumb dummies and spending nearly $24 billion. I, I ain't spending $24 billion. You know, so many people... I ain't spending 24 I was going to say, that pandemic ...haven't really been able to go out and celebrate. They haven't been able to, you know, go out on dates. The revenge spending. See, we're still like, flush. So Americans are still flush with stimulus cash, just a bit. They haven't spent it all yet, but it's running out. I was going to say, I think they've spent it on the cost of goods going up. We are going out. We're going to dinner. We are going to make the most of this holiday. And as you mentioned, the National Retail Federation saying it is going to be the second highest year on record, at least when it comes to spending for Valentine's Day. So people are, despite the high prices, they are willing no to No worry about inflation in this country. It's a catch-22. Mm, I disagree. I know. I so, uh, you know, so what's going on? And... What we've been talking about in this show for a very, very long time is the threat of inflation and and the idea that will that derail your retirement plan? Or if you're already retired, will it cause you to reduce your lifestyle, your planned lifestyle, your golden years lifestyle in retirement? Or don't you know? And we get a lot of data. We get a lot of shock lines, Carrie. And and and, and, and what what I mean by shock lines, that's where it's a headline that shocks you. Mm-hmm. And the big shock line article this week really came out of the Wall Street Journal. And it said, higher inflation is probably costing you $276 a month. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of talking heads on the radio jumped on that $276 a month and made it a political hit saying, this is what Biden inflation is doing to you. What, what, but I did not really hear enough is, and we've talked about this before, people just read the headline. Right. They don't read any of the body of the work. Right. And the good headline is the point of to get you to read the article. And the the word that wasn't emphasized by a lot of the talking heads in that headline was probably. And I think for some people, that number, 276, is too low. And for some people, it's going to be too high. And the article goes on and gives demographic breakdowns of what's happening in America. Mm-hmm. So you could get you could drill down a little bit and say, well, you know, and this is why we're saying, you know, don't just ask your neighbor, right, if inflation is bothering them or how much their expenses are going up. Right. Because they, they might not be the same demographic as you. And they may not have the same net worth or income or expenses as you do. Right. So we also have, uh, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, right? So as you heard in the clip, she talked about, you know, the Valentine's Day inflation, chocolate going up 9%, diamonds 15%. We cost, we all buy diamonds for Valentine's Day. The um, <laughs> yeah. rose is 50%. I stopped buying a dozen roses. If I'm going to buy a rose for, for my wife buy on it, Valentine's buy Day, it off, I'm like, buying something I can plant in the ground for the, and, it'll, and it'll be with me for the next 20 yeah. years. Um, steak, yeah. Who goes out to buy steak anymore? Um, lobster, yeah, really? Um you know what's a you know forget about the diamonds with the you know what's a good buy this Valentine's Why? silver oh silver's down fifteen percent okay but how about the Super Bowl Sunday right? wings are up wings were up anyway with COVID I don't know if like wings are my up. boys like to go yeah. out for wings the wing prices first time I saw I think at Quaker Steak I laughed it said market price for wings at one time <laughs> it wasn't the lobster like, line no it, was, it wasn't it was one time this uh, this uh, in twenty twenty one they had gone out and it was like market price right so. Chicken wing prices up double digit, twelve percent. That that's nearing a Medicare beak increases of fourteen and a half percent this year, Gary. Right? I wonder which is greater risk to your health: uh, healthcare premiums going up or chicken wings? But so chicken wings up twelve percent. Um, holy guacamole, Batman! Look at the price of avocados up fifty nine percent, Gary. Mm. <sighs> From seventy four cents to a dollar twenty four per avocado. What about beer? They say beer is up. I don't have the percentage. <laughs> I, know, I was just. Um, so, so there you go. So are you, is inflation ruining your Super Bowl Valentine's Day weekend? Is it ruining your 2022 plans to retire? Is it ruining if you're already in retirement that you are, you have to cancel your riverboat cruise? That's what we've been talking about this show. And, and we, we keep stressing that, yeah, don't get too caught up in the shock line risk, but also, yeah, you've got to. You know, keep an eye on the data, and we're going to look at a lot of financial data this week. You know, what was behind the CPI, the the trend of CPI. We'll also look at what the Federal Reserve, you know, may don't look now. We're getting close to the Ides of March. You know, that's the next FOMC. That's going to be a big meeting. What are they going to do? What did this 7.5% handle do to their plans? I've been talking a little about today about what the White House uh, responded to this seven and a half percent inflation, so that's that's some of the empirical data out there, or, or some of the people that you may want to listen to, or are you just going to listen to the talking heads? Who chances are what they're trying to shock you along to to change your vote? Um, but I don't know if you bank your retirement plan on political. Ends. Or even headlines. The bottom line is you need to have a plan or a way to know how does it affect you? When can I realistically retire and what I can spend? And that's what we do at the estate planning team is traditional financial planning number crunching. And you're listening to Financial Food for Thought here on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. And we are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information, whether you're working or already in your retirement years and financial news that's relevant and what you can do about a lot of the issues going on that you can't control We're sponsored by the estate planning team, and the estate planning team is an Ohio-registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm, and we've been around Cleveland more than 35 years. And what we do is that traditional financial planning. We have people coming in and want to know, should I retire? I was thinking about retiring. Now I'm not. Well, for some people who have come in, they can retire earlier than when they were thinking, or they can. Other people, based on the spending they want to do, 
they can either work longer or they can cut back spending, but at least they know. And I can tell you a good number of people that are worried or thinking they're going to have to work longer um, don't have to because when we crunch the numbers or they know when is a realistic retirement date and realistic spending taking into account inflation, market volatility, taxes, and then creating that income you need is tax efficiently. We look at um, your full, whole financial life from a big picture perspective. Again, we're an Ohio registered fiduciary. We have affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive retainer fees. We have a free consultation. We have you fill out information or you can just talk. It's up to you. But if you fill out information, we actually run through and do some preliminary analysis so we can see opportunities. Are you underspending, overspending? Um, where are you headed? Um, is there something you you don't know what you don't know? Um, and it's, we can do that by phone or in person. And then we say, this is what we can do for you. And whether we think hourly or comprehensive retainer, and then you decide, we don't believe in pressure. We want people to want to work with us. So take advantage of a free consultation, especially now and be ready for potential changes going on that you could make and move or get clarity on what you should or should not be doing. And don't miss opportunities in this complicated tax code. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. And Mark, I don't know, are you going to be able to have... um, Talk about tax season. This yeah, so show. so we're a little bit behind. We of course we missed everyone last week. We always tape the show generally on Friday mornings, and last week you know we were dealing with the heart attack snow. If you remember, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. So we missed. So we didn't tape last Friday. It was a repeat show. So we're a little bit a week behind, but it is getting into that tax filing season. And mm-hmm. I, but today, Carrie, I think I'm gonna. I don't know if I'll get to it today because. There's so much data on inflation that I, I want to kind of get through that. You know, that that, that was a shocking number yesterday, mm. you know, that 7.5%. Where's your little kitchen? <laughs> Where's yeah. that? I was going to say. Yeah. The, um, but we want to go behind those numbers a little bit. And I also want to kind of, how did the, you know, how did the White House respond? How did, you know, what do we, what do we think the Fed speak is around that? You know, of course, then you have all the updated forecasts of how many interest rate hikes are going to happen this year. You know, a couple of months ago it was maybe three to maybe five. Then it got up to five. Now I think the consensus is seven, Carrie. Um, but, but you know, so that is, that's changing quickly. So I want to spend a little bit of time on that. And, and I'm going to drill down into this Wall Street Journal article because I think there's a lot of good data, a lot of good information there that maybe help you better navigate whether you think this inflation is going to derail your retirement or maybe that you don't have to worry about it. It's like knowing your number, which it's your number. It's your financial life. So so now, but if I, so I don't know if I'm going to get to, but I, I do want to, if I don't get it, I will, we will get to it next week. Okay. Kara, the next week. So any, remember, you can always get these shows on podcast here. I think you probably. Yeah. Financial food for thought. We have a link for those. But what are some, so we're, we're seeing, and, and what we do at this time of year is we kind of, you know, it's getting into tax season. It actually kicked off January 24th. Um, but, it, but by the way, if you've already filed your tax mm-hmm. return, you know, you're, you're not heeding one of the warnings the IRS is giving out is that don't file too early. And we'll talk about that next mm-hmm. week, why you might not want to rush and file too early. Um, but we'll also talk about. Uh, some of the things that, you know, this will be the, another one last time, you know, about the recovery rebate credit. If you did not get your third stimulus check, the 1400 and I hate to break the bad news to everyone, but I don't think there's a fourth stimulus check coming, even though that, I keep you seeing know, headlines, though. Right. I don't care how many millions of Americans sign a, a petition saying they'd like one. Or it, talk about shock headlines. Oh, here's another four. I mean, I see them all the time. The uh, then also you know that if you've got the the youngins the child tax credit and the child independent care credit what's that that's going to be a, a different thing hand you know in this year's return 
Um, we'll talk about, you know, charitable planning techniques. And uh, we'll talk about, you know, there's, there's still time to do some of those to still try to reduce your 2021 tax bill. You still have until, have until April 15th to fund a tax-deductible IRA or perhaps an HSA, health Roth. savings account. Or, it, or you might elect to go with the Roth IRA to get some money in a tax-free. So those are some of the things. And we'll also talk about what's wh- how your 1040 is going to look differently this year than last year if you haven't started yet. So I don't know if we're going to get to that this week, Carrie, but we'll, we'll try to get to that next week. All right. Um, so so what's that? so so what was the White House's response? Well, you know, I, I guess my bottom line is I don't expect President Biden to really <laughs> explain to us how he's going to save us from this inflation. I was going to say I don't think you expect my yeah. I mean, he barely can remember the name of the candidate he's stomping for on any given day. Morris explained to us how you know the, you know the QE. But um, so I heard Michael Pyle interviewed on Bloomberg, and and he's with the White House consultant. He's kind of in the vice president staff, so to speak. And they were kind of asking him, you know, the accusations that the Democrats have, they're running the economy too hot. I mean, we're at seven and a half percent inflation and they're still talking about BBB, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And do you know why there's no BB talk really right now, Carrie? It's you know why? No, because the the Democrats have temporarily temporarily lost the fifty seat majority in the Senate. See what happened was um, there, there's a there's a, a first year senator and first term senator Ben Ray Lujan, Lujan out of um, New Mexico, and he suffered a stroke that required surgery to, and to relieve the brain swelling. That sounds pretty serious to me, Carrie. Yeah. And now they're saying publicly the full recovery is is expected, but how 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 long are you out for something like that in recovery? And and unlike the House of Representatives, Carrie, senators they're not allowed to vote by proxy; they they have right. to be there on the floor. So that's why you don't hear any talk about anything getting done right now because the Democrats have temporarily lost their fifty vote majority. I did see in Virginia this week. They did hold signs saying build crack better as a joke in Virginia. With the crack pipes? Yeah, build the, crack better. Yeah, that was another shock line. And, and and the right jumped all over that saying that. But people showed up with all these posters. Right. The Biden's going to, you know, Biden's recommending we spend what? two hundred. Do I have the headline somewhere? $235 million to buy crack pipes. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not going to be $235 million to buy crack pipes. It wasn't Biden's idea. Are you kidding me? It was an agency, the government, that studies how to help the lower class who are addicted to drugs. Right. Now, is that a bad thing? Is that a bad endeavor? No, but we don't. But, but so so I'm the sure idea was they were the ones that came up with recommendations. If if the government was going to throw any money at it, how best could that do to, to help the lower plight? And. So the idea of what some of the money would be used for, it, it was it was well beyond buying crack pipes. Let's hope. Okay. It, 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 that was one of the long list of things. Yeah, but still, that shouldn't even been in there. Like, Well, I, I mean, again, but it, I don't know because I don't know right. how that saves people. But if there's some agency that thinks that really can save people, is it a bad thing? I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. But, but, I think... but just to spin it to say the government's spending $235 million on crack pipes, and that's how the right spun it. Right, but it is a portion of, think about how much the government spends on stupid crap. Well, okay. I, I am not yeah. arguing that. Right. So I think it's just people get tired of it, spending our money on, well, okay, you know. Okay, then do, do away with welfare then. All right. You caught me all. Oh, sorry. What was I talking about? Michael Pyle. Okay. So trying to defend the Democratic's White House policy on on that uh, that things aren't as bad. He doesn't want us to focus on the bad, Gary, right? Okay. Focus on the good. So he says, well, yeah, but look at it. We've got historic GDP growth and historic pace of lower unemployment. You know, the jobs growth. You know, you keep hearing the, 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 the President Biden talking about the six million jobs that he created. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, now, granted, he didn't create them. 
Right. People were laid off and they went back to work. But um, so but they, they so in other words, their their point is they still think that the U.S. can grow out of this. In other words, that even, you know, this inflation, it will will fade. OK, and GDP will continue to be strong and wages will continue to go up. And that combination of wages going up and inflation falling off leads to a stronger GDP, which helps you grow your way out and successfully land this, uh, you know, this soft landing where we don't wind up in a U.S. recession. So the White House is still sticking to that. Now, what about the Fed? Well, (laughs) a lot of people are wondering, you know, Fed Chairman Powell, you know, he's still awfully dovish. You know, what happened to the hawkishness? You know, now there's, you know, they're saying, uh, you know, does he have plastic talons? You know, because the the question is, how many stabs at this inflation beast? You know, I mean, how many how many interest rate hikes is it going to take to quell inflation? And the fact of the matter is they haven't even started yet. Now, now the consensus is seven times. And that's going to be tricky if you're investing in the bond market or what have you to, you know, I think a lot of Americans have forgotten how difficult it is to invest in a rising interest rate market. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, when will the bond vigilantes come out? I don't know. Okay. Um, is it going to be another taper tantrum? Probably. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you, that yield curve is flattening. You know, at the at time of this taping, I think the two years was at a buck fifty-seven, one point five seven percent. Ten years at two percent. That's flattening. You know, if that inverts, you know, if the yield curve inverts, that signals a recession historically, but not right away, Carrie. Right? It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that the day after the yield curve inverts, that the U.S. goes into recession. Historically, it's been about ten months. Okay, so even in that 10 month time period, you could still have a pretty darn good stock market. All right. So, you know, be you know, so keep an eye on that. But um, and, and there's a lot of people today saying, does the Fed really care if the yield curve inverts? Maybe not. Maybe they don't think that's the end of the world. Uh, maybe they're willing to risk that. Um, but, you know, but our point at the estate planning team is that maybe I start preparing for the next recession? Mm-hmm. Just uh, in case? Maybe you don't want to wait till you see the yield curve invert. Now, when would the yield curve invert? Well, again, that depends on how many interest rate hikes and, and whether they're going to do in 25 basis points or 50 basis points and all those things. Um, and, and typically, you've already seen the stock market volatility. January was ugly. Since January, it's bounced back a little bit. Okay. Um, but the idea is, you know, so with the on the current what the Fed is saying, we'll learn a lot more in the, when, when they do their March meeting. But you're saying, OK, maybe in nine months, the yield curve is inverted if, if things go wrong and the Fed doesn't navigate the soft landing and then maybe 10 more months. So maybe you got 19 months before U.S. recession, meaning so maybe it's not happening in 2022, maybe t- the end of 2020, maybe not 2023. But the point is, are you going to wait till it happens or are you going to be proactive? You know, and, and so in the meantime, are you saying, well, I'm looking, uh, you know, I see the stocks going up, so I've got some, I, I'm not going to spend my excess stimulus cash on, you know, uh, these Valentine's Day inflated prices, right? right. So I'm going to buy stocks. There you go. All right. Um, but our, well, our concern, our, our warning, or, our, or the way we talk to our clients about, maybe, you know, <laughs> if stocks are still high, maybe you don't buy high, especially if your cash reserve is low. So maybe if you find the position where you still think that the U.S. recession could be a year, maybe two years out, but if you are not, or maybe that also corresponds on when you were planning on retiring, Mm -hmm. you were going to join the great resignation, right? So the idea is, well, maybe you don't want to buy high if your cash reserve is too low. Maybe you ought to be taking this excess cash and maybe just leaving it there. Or maybe if you don't have any excess cash and you are still getting gains in the market, you know, back to rebalancing so you're not taking on more risk than what you need to be okay. And instead of just reinvesting and, and, re, and rotating into a different stock, maybe you ought to take those, lock in those capital gains and perhaps build up your cash reserve. So these are the things we're talking to our clients about and saying, you know, always being prepared. And that's that's the idea of a lot of times on this show, we talk about building plan R, mm-hmm. meaning a lot of times we mean the next recession 
or how long, you know, the recovery after that. So the idea is, you know, are you building a financial model that's saying, okay, I've got my base case plan running right now and I made my retirement decision on that or I'm in retirement and I, I planned out my discretionary spending, but now there could be something that could derail that. Do I need to be concerned about that? Well, if you don't have a plan A, I don't know how you get to a plan R. Which is a worst case scenario. Like for some people are running in higher inflation rates for the next few years. Mark, I know you're starting to meet with people and they don't, they want to assume that it's not the three to 4% that we were using on mandatory day to day. By the way, we use higher for healthcare. They're saying maybe seven, 8% for the day to day, not forever, but for a few years, because they don't believe that it's going to be short term. Right. And, and that's the type of modeling that's tough to do in your head. And I think people, even at the three to four percent or three and a half percent, are surprised the cost for that, you know, 40,000, 50,000, whatever it is. And even in 10 years, I think they're shocked by that number. Now, okay, a little more Fed speak to see a lot of people to do it, Carrie, say it's not only the intra, it, it, it's, it's the quantitative easing. See, the Federal Reserve hasn't even stopped QE yet, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Now, today's an important day. As I said, we're, we're taping this show on Friday morning. Okay, mm-hmm. on the 11th. And at 3 o'clock this afternoon is a big Fed speak. That's when the New York Fed is scheduled to come out with what they're planning in, in the QE, you know, their last one. And a lot of people are thinking that the Fed's got to make a knee-jerk, rea- knee-jerk reaction right now. Right. And a lot of people actually said they're, they're not going to wait till 3 o'clock. They don't want to release that type of information so late because the market's still open, but only open for an hour at that point. Mm-hmm. And it may shake the markets too much here, especially going into a weekend. So we'll see. So, you know, if we don't hear something before three o'clock, you might want to tune in to see what the Fed's saying at three o'clock. Um, but, you know, the Fed balance sheet, what's it, eight and a half trillion, Carrie? It's, it's uh, wow. Um, and there's no reduction. They have not given any guidance of how quickly they're going to reduce that. Mm-hmm. See, that's what the market is waiting for. So we're getting an idea. They kind of let us know for sure they're going to start raising rates in March. They still haven't let us know if it's going to be 25 or 50 basis points. They said, well, then when that starts, then eventually the QE ends, and now we're in the QT, you know, quantitative tightening, but they haven't given us any guidance of how much or how quick. And that's what a lot, that's what the street is looking for, right? Um, and, and, and there was one great comment that said, yeah, if they, if they don't start, you know, getting this crossover from QE to QT, right. we're, we're going to end up with QQS. Oh. You know what that is? Right? No. Qualitative quicksand. Oh. Meaning they're done. That would be bad. Right. Um, so there you go. So that's some of what's, what the White House is saying. That's how they're trying to spin this. You, you know, you, you, you know, that's how... The Federal Reserve, well, what they're talking about, and of course you've got the talking heads on the radio, what they want you to you know do. It's all about who you're going to vote for in, in November. But to us, it's really about do you have to change your and, and we don't like. Oh, I'm kind of crossing sentences here. You know, does it affect your financial modeling? Do you have to adjust what you're planning on either your planned retirement date or your spending in retirement based on this inflation or based on the, you know, does your financial model have the next recession built in? And I would say if if you think that the next U.S. recession or major economic downturn could happen in the next five years, within the next five years, you might, especially if that corresponds, if you were planning on retiring in the next five years, if it corresponds with that, perhaps you want to build that plan R and model in an economic downturn to see if that, under those circumstances, you're still going to be okay. Right. And you can take advantage of a free consultation at the estate planning team by phone or in person to see if we can help or what opportunities you may be missing out on or if you're underspending, overspending, and if you really need to be worried about inflation in some of these headlines, call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Aaron, listen to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those 35 years, Gary, we've never seen a 7.5% inflation handle. No. Now, the question is, has inflation peaked? 
Well, obviously not, right? Because, <laughs> right. Um, because you know, we thought that maybe it was going to peak. So, so how do we? Ju- how do you look at that? Well, you look at the trends, right? You look at the, and there's two trends you look at. You look at year over year, and you can also look over month over month, right? So let's look year over year and and using the CPI. So from January of 21 to January of 22, that's what we got released, 7.5%. That's mm-hmm. year over year. December to December, it was 7%. That's a pretty big jump. Half a percent. Okay. Um, November to November, it was 6.8%. So it was October, October, it was 6.2%. So it's gone up every month. That's what I mean. It hasn't peaked. We're not over the hump. Now, but remember, after the December CPI came out, President Biden spun it and saying, yeah, but the month over the month, the increase is decreasing. Remember, that's how he tried to spin the good news. But it's still increasing. (laughs) But at a decreasing rate. That's looking for the bright side. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so what he was saying is, like, for example, if you look at sep- September to, sept- you know, September, the month of September, it was up 0.4%. For the month of October, it was up 0.9%. It was still going up. But then in November, it was down to 0.8%. We peaked. We got over the hump. And then in December, it was down to 0.5%. Mm-hmm. So that's where Biden came out and said, yeah, see, it's decreasing. We're getting better. Until... January, because January, it was back up to 0.6%, reversing the trend. So perhaps we haven't peaked out yet. Right. Perhaps we're not over the hump yet. So that I, we're going to come back to that um, today a, a bit later on. I think that's more concerning for people, too. So this article, higher inflation is probably, everyone forgot that word in the, in the headline, costing you $276 a month. Um, so $276 a month, that's $3,312 a year. You can break it down to $69 a week. You could break that down to $9 and 80 cents a day. Is that going to derail your retirement plan? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It could. It depends. Um, good. Right. It might not. Um, now, but here's my point. If we have 7.5% inflation for the next 30 years, could that derail your retirement plan? Obviously, right? Um, so if you, if, if if you want to get that negative and say, you, you know, you think that this, or let's even, you know, do you think we're going to have this 7% inflation, you know, for the next 30 years? You're, you're really going to have to redo your, your model. Mm-hmm. Especially if you built your plan A model based on a three handle. So as much as this inflation peak, if it does peak out here in 2022, it may or may not derail. If you want if you're thinking that we are never subsiding back from a six or seven percent inflation handle, you better run a pretty good model for that. Mm-hmm. Because that will be eye opening, I can guarantee you. Right. Um now. So the, the, the Ryan Sweet, um, who is a senior economist, uh, economist at Moody's Analytics, he was part of writing this Wall Street Journal article. Okay. So he, what he did was he compared the average household, okay, spent under, you know, a 7.5% inflation versus the amount it would have spent when inflation was around 2.1%. Remember that was the, right. we had, we had, we were loving the, we, we had less than 2% inflation for 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, but that 2.1%, that was the average of like 2018, 2019, you know, uh, pre-Rona. Um, now, um, and, and so he's saying that's where he came up with the $276 a month. And we keep saying, well, I, I don't ask your neighbor whether that bothers him. You have to figure out if that bothers you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the author's research shows that inflation is squeezing some groups on average more than others. Okay. Um, so, and just like the CPI, which reflects the change in prices for the average basket of spending, but people's spending baskets may vary based on who they are, which influences some of the degree of their daily needs, where they live. Obviously it's more expensive in some cities than others and how they get around. You know, are they buying a very expensive car? Are they buying a, are they driving their cars into the ground? Do they not even own a car, right? Are they Ubering it? Um, 
The other one is in the article says, and by the way, what they do for fun. Mm -hmm. See, that's a big part of retirement. Right. Right. Right, Um, Right, Because some people have low cost hobbies, reading, hiking, other people, golf, boating. Now, the other thing, too, is a lot of the inflation spike that we saw might have not bothered you at all if you weren't buying a product. You didn't need to buy a product that saw, saw a major increase. Okay. Like the roses that, you know, you don't have to buy for Valentine's Day. But I think we all agree that food cost has gone up. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Well, you have to buy the chocolate, right? Right. Not necessarily. No, but I'm saying just, you know. Okay. But, it, may, it may adjust what you are buying. Well, we'll talk about, uh, so let's let's stay away from the, the normal grocery right. bill. How about, you know, if you had to buy a new washing uh, machine and dryer, Yeah. you paid the price last year. Okay, so th- those types of, you know, units were up about 12%. Ouch. But if you didn't have to buy a new washing machine last year, it didn't bother you. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, um, economists noted that the overstated cost burden for homeowners. Okay, so everyone heard about, you know, the homes are going up, right, and all the bidding wars and all that. So if you were in that market of buying a new house, you got hurt. Right. Right. Um, but if you sold the house, if you t- and you didn't have to buy another and you one, you downsided, right? Downsized or what have you? Yeah. Now renters, if you're renting, that went up a lot. You know, we're at the highest rents ever, right? Okay. Um, and again, they talk about the lower earning households devote the biggest share of their budgets to rents. Retirees don't. Okay. All right. Um, now, if if so, if you've got youngins, because we know. Millennials don't listen to our show, right? Um, more or less the Z generation. But if you've got grandchildren, well, I don't know if grandchildren. I don't know if you, you. But if your parents, okay, and you're trying to get, you're trying to launch your children, all right? Do I? Have, this is where I usually talk about the fifty thirty twenty rule, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar, maybe I have to do a show on fifty thirty twenty. I knew we did a while ago. I don't know which one it was. So if people want to listen to our podcast, um, or and we'll be doing it, you know, this year for sure. Um, and, and or just come and see us if you want to learn about the fifty thirty twenty, or send your millennial child to come and see us, or pay for him to come and see us, right? Because <laughs> he ain't gonna do it on his own, right? Um, but the fifty thirty twenty plan is just the idea of a way of budgeting. That you spend 50% of your earnings on necessities. Mm-hmm. That would include housing. Right. right? Um, Taxes. Um, daily living expenses. Mm-hmm. Health insurance. Things like that. Then 30% on discretionary. Mm-hmm. And the then fun you, stuff. And then you save 20%. Mm-hmm. So that's where the lower earning households can't keep up with that. Because right. they can't stay in that 50, 30, 20. Right. Because their housing is too high. Right, they're just their fifty percent category is really sometimes a lot higher. Okay, now they talk about the middle class, right? Okay. Um, so now, when they say middle class, they might not be talking about you, right? People's, I think there's a huge discrepancy where people's perception of middle class and the government's definition of middle class there is a huge difference. And not only even the governments, this is called the economists. Mm-hmm. All right. So when you so you, if you think about that, you, you think about the five quintiles, the middle being in the middle, two lower classes, right, and two upper classes. Okay. So you have the lower class, the upper lower class, the middle class, the upper middle class, and mm-hmm. the upper class. Right. So we're talking about the middle quintile. The, okay. The middle class, right? Basically, family of four. That's about a sixty thousand dollar a year income. Mm-hmm. Household income. Mm-hmm. Okay, now they're saying that group got about a six point seven percent increase in inflation last year. Okay, um, so they're not, you know, that you know, and the biggest culprit there, gas prices. Okay, uh, because the middle class spends a lot of their budget to get around mm-hmm. because they're working, transporting kids. They like to buy cars. Um, they need, they need, they may need two cars or they may need three cars. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so what's happening with gas prices, Carrie? Um, they're ticking up a bit now. So a couple things here. One is, you know, what, what is the correlation between, you hear a lot of talk about what it costs for a barrel of oil, right? Mm-hmm. 
And you see a lot of shock line risk recently that talks about oil will hit $120 a barrel if Russia invades Ukraine. Now, or the $100 a barrel oil threat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so currently, it's what? It's, I think it's just this morning, I think it was just touched above 90 I think it was $91 Oof. a barrel. So we're at, we're I better up. fill up. Um, now, so what does that mean, though, for the gallon at the pump? Right. Well, some of the studies say it's about 25 cents for every for every $10 a barrel of oil goes up. Mm-hmm. It correlates to about a 25% per gallon increase at the pump. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. Okay. Now, to test that out a little bit here, so at the beginning of the year, or where 2021 ended, we're about $80 a barrel. Okay. So I'm saying we're about $90 a barrel now, right? Well, you just said, yeah, so it goes up $10. No, so we should see a $0.25 increase per gallon. So what was the gas at the beginning of the year? Um, It was around $3.28 as the national average. Okay. And today it's about, you know, $3.46. Okay. Not quite $0.25, but pretty darn close. Yeah. It's a pretty good rough, you know, correlation to use. Right, twenty-five cents per gallon for every ten-dollar increase. So in you're a saying of oil. if it goes up to a hundred, then we're all going to say about fifty cents more per gallon than the first of the year. Well, okay, based on, yeah. So if, for example, if we were at, um, yeah, so if we were at three dollars a gallon and it went up to, to one hundred, we had three thirty-four a gallon. Um, okay, if it goes now, so how high, you know, does it have to go up to get to be? Okay, remember the the hundred and twenty dollar threat, right? Right. So the hundred and twenty dollars, it'd be about maybe three dollars and eighty four cents a gallon. Ooh, ouch. Okay. Um, what happened to the five dollar gallon? Didn't we? When did it tell us we're all paying? Now maybe oh. California. That's oh, the article yeah. says. Depends on where you live. That's true because the taxes too. Okay. But we're not paying. You know, we're not paying that here in Cleveland. Oh no, I think we'd have like me. I know you think about when it gets to four people are. Right, and so you, to get the four in Cleveland, you're going to need about $130 a barrel. Okay, to get the five, it'd have to go to $170 a barrel, Carol. Carrie, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen. That's a big jump per barrel, um, you know. And I think we're so I don't know if, we're, if in Cleveland we're going to get the five dollars a gallon too soon, right? Um, now. You were, you were saying twenty five cents a lot because one penny carry, right? Because I think about when you did that show. one penny increase in a gallon of gas represents or equivalent to about thirty five billion annually in U.S. consumer spending. I remember when you did that show, and I was shocked. Like, so twenty five cents—that's eight hundred seventy five billion that Americans aren't spending at the local market or on other goods. That is a problem, right? That is a Biden inflation problem. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Shoot, and he's only been in office for a year. By that, you know. <laughs> by the way, when was the last time prices were above ninety dollars a barrel? It was October of twenty fourteen. Been a while. Okay. Okay. Um, what's Brent crude's all time high? About one hundred and forty seven dollars and fifty cents a barrel in two thousand eight. Which is so way short of the one seventy you were way, mentioning. Way, way short of the one seventy. Um, now the. Um, but also, we've got the world oil reserves are at a seven-year low. Okay. Right. Um, and well, that's an issue, too. <laughs> that's my that's point. That's a big issue. Um, now, and, and, so, and so what is Biden, what is President Biden going to do? Remember, releasing, is he going to release more of the you know, strategic reserves? That's a temper. That doesn't do anything long-term. Drill, baby, drill. You think he's going to open the pipelines again and get the frackers out? So what are the frackers doing, Gary? Because aren't, aren't they eventually going to get back into this? I don't know. I would think so. Uh, I thought they were. Well, I tell you, you know, as, here's a headline. As oil nears $100 a barrel, U.S. drillers get busy. That's what I was going to say. I thought they were. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're not at 100 yet, but they're buying the stuff right now. As U.S. oil rises towards $100 a barrel, producers in some high-cost shale basins are buying properties and adding rigs and frack crews in places that fell silent when prices crashed early in the pandemic two years ago. Okay. Um, drilling economics today are better than they've ever been since the shale revolution started, says Chris Wright, the chief executive officer of Liberty Oilfield Services. 
Um, yeah, so so it, we do expect the U.S. frackers. Who's the biggest fracker in the world, Carrie? I don't know. I don't know either at this point. But you know, we do expect them to get busy to help with those with the U.S. gas prices. All right. So you know, and that's why gasoline it, it it's not included. Energy prices aren't included when you look at the core CPI because right. it's too volatile. It's, it's too based on what the world is doing. Right? It, it's hard to. Um, it's hard to build your, we don't recommend that you build your financial model inflation assumption based on the price of gas. Right. Because it would drive you crazy. And the thing of it is, if you're worried about it, go conservative and bump up your day to day even a little bit more or build in that dollar amount at a higher value. If that's something you worry about, that's the beauty of the type of modeling that we do. We can adjust any number that you want us to. Um, now, so if you if um, so let, let's look at, look at a couple of these other things. So I was breaking down what this article was talking about in terms of how they were breaking down the inflation increases by different classes. So we went through the middle class. Uh, they they also did it by right. You know, so Hispanic Latinos, for example, okay. Carrie, they suffered a seven point one percent. Ouch. Okay, that mm-hmm. you know that that was. Uh, that that you know how about asian okay asian was 5.6 percent okay that's a widespread you know Mm -hmm. between you know 5.6 up to 7.1 um but let's go back to ages okay um so as i said the the, how about the 65 the baby boomers and up Mm -hmm. okay so they they experience about a 5.8 percent increase Okay, not the seven and a half percent headline risk, not the middle class six point seven, but five point eight. Okay, your plan's going to run a, look a lot differently if you run inflation at five point eight versus six point seven versus seven point one. Right? Mm-hmm. How about the thirty five, the forty four year olds? Six point nine. They're up there. Okay. okay. So so these are the things. So this is why you don't ask your neighbor if inflation is derailing their retirement plan. We recommend you kind of do it yourself. And one of the things, too, is that um, when you talk about the baby boomers, you know, you can talk about discretionary spending as a big part of the baby boomers spending. Mm-hmm. All right. The, the, you know, more so than the ones who are just launching or right getting or getting ready to retire. It's a little bit different, right? Um, so, in theory, some, not all, some retirees can adjust their discretionary to account for those. Yeah. See, see, when we talk to our clients, that's what we've been doing for our clients. We're very active planners at the state planning team. When we saw inflation risk coming on a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we, not that we were projecting to be seven and a half percent, no, but we were saying it ain't gonna be 2% forever. And the idea is, but break down your expenses because yeah, your mandatory living expenses, you can't do a whole lot about that. Right. Now you could, you could argue any expense you have is discretionary, but for, you know, you need heat, you yeah, need, you're going to turn the thermostat down to 60, you know, are you going to sell your house and, and move into an apartment? I, I don't know. Um, but the discretionary, don't bury all your discretionary in that, right? Because that's where you can cut back. Family gifting is one, you know, maybe I'm going to be a little more frugal in the gifts. Or if you're outright giving people money, charitable, travel, vacation at home, I don't know. Yeah. Um, hobbies now vacation. So that's one for example, because you can control the inflation on that. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's why I think I don't have any empirical data. The article doesn't mention this, but I think that is that could be a reason why it, when you break down the increases of the different, you know, whether it's a service or goods, the hotel into the travel industry that had less of a rise in inflation because people can turn that off. The demand right. it's not it's not as I don't demand have to go on as, a trip. Yeah, if your washing machine breaks down, you got to go get one. Right. I don't have to go on a vacation or especially in a world of COVID. Or guess what? We've had people saying, look, if the cost of it goes up, I'm going to adjust on my planning yeah, for remember, that. Yeah, do you remember? The, I remember one client. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, no, no. no that's okay. 
Um, but it reminded me of a client that that they were that he was going to go into retirement. This was pre Rona, and he was going to retire and he was going to get a big retirement go away bonus, right? Right. So for you know for to to reward themselves, him mm-hmm. and his wife, they were going to take a real nice cruise. Mm-hmm. We're talking a world cruise. Mm-hmm. One of the and he was pricing them out pre Rona. It was going to be thirty thirty five thousand dollars. Right. Okay. Um, then the Rona hit. So he did retire, but guess what? The world there cruises no, out. There are no world cruises going on in 2020. Right. So he waited it out. He got this, you know, and, and then and then he went and reshopped that world cruise when right. they opened up again. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the cost was no longer thirty five thousand dollars. It was fifty to fifty five thousand dollars. Right. Okay, and he was like, "Wow, now." He could have swung it, but he wasn't going to, he just, I'm not going to pay for that. Right. Already, I think it was, I, I know you're talking like that was pushing it. So right. people will adjust their travel. But they're still going to take a real nice trip for 30000 Right. So that's the idea of how you can control inflation on discretionary spending. But if you've built your, and if you use one of the DIYI, you know, do-it-yourself internet models, and you just buried all your expenses in the one category, and you're just going to try to rerun that saying, well, instead of using 3% inflation, I'm going to use 7% inflation. I don't know if that's going to really leave you in decision-making mode. In other words, we're much more active of that. And, and the idea is, you know, break down those expenses. Think of it as different building blocks, you know, where you're saying, okay, I've got my mandatory living expenses. And, yeah, I do think those are going to go up maybe at a, a higher clip, maybe for a longer time period. Maybe this inflation is going to go on for a while, maybe another year, maybe another two years. And then it's going to subside back and maybe not all the way back to 2%. I think a lot of people are going to be waiting to see if the Fed dot plots move in March. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how many people are still believing that we're going to get inflation down to 2% by 2024. I think President Biden believes that. Right. But I don't know how many Americans believe that. Now, so is, as opposed to you may say, well, I think maybe inflation is I want to run my model assuming that on daily living expenses, mandatory living expenses, that we're going to have a six handle maybe for the next three years. Okay. Then I'm going to reduce that to three or three right. and a half. Okay. Now you have all your discretionary spending laid out in different building blocks. Mm-hmm. Your travel, your home improvements, your gifting. Your hobbies. Your automobile replacement fund. Yeah, your lifestyle, a big one, right? And now you can say, okay, what, how, you know, if, if now that because I've increased and I've got to take care of the inflation that may be happening on my mandatory living expenses, now I want my plan R to show me how much of discretionary spending can I do for the next 30 years. And that's what you break down. And that's where you make the adjustments first. Now, some people have to go beyond breaking down. You're not going to cut your discretionary to zero. Right. That may be where you're saying, well, gee, am I going to work one year longer or what am I going to do? Or can I cut my discretionary by 10, 20% and still be okay? And that's what we see. Now we're getting your plan. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.